Friday, and you know what time it is. It's time for FRPC Hoops. I am with the Canadian Bomber, the Canadian Shaman, the Canadian Bill Simmons, the Canadian Zach Lowe, and the forever Canadian son of one Loretta Kern. Nico Miatello, what's up? Not a whole lot, man. I'm getting <clears throat> ready to go to... Um, my fiance's cousin's wedding tonight, starting tonight. I'm uh, getting kind of excited about that. Gives you a, a preview to what's coming up in the, yeah. in the weeks to come. My man is going to be yeah. busy this upcoming month. Yeah, absolutely, man. I I know that this happening before has kind of like added a level of uh i don't know kind of pressure to the situation just because my fiance has had her attention divided so much between our wedding and their wedding and now like we're getting into crunch time for our wedding and her uh attention will no longer be divided after this wedding is done so uh Coming out of this weekend, we're basically full plunge ahead, getting ready to get married. So that's going to be really intense. I'm excited for it, though. Yes, sir. The nuptials are mm-hmm. are upon us, basically. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, so you get a little taste of it tonight, right? You get mm-hmm. a little taste. You kind of go, okay, yeah. this, is, this is actually a good situation for you because I remember my first mm-hmm. one. I had no clue, yeah. zero, what I was stepping into, what was going on. What wedding? Yeah, well, like. I knew what they were like because I attended, mm-hmm. but I wasn't focused. Like on the inside. I wasn't focused, man. I wasn't focused. I wasn't like yeah. checking the scene. I was just like, which girl, mm-hmm. which one of these Yeah. And am I going to pull away from the pack, basically? Yeah, you were just going to to it like any other part. Right, sir. So I didn't Mm. pay attention, so I didn't understand the obligations. I didn't understand. Oh, man, it was so much that you don't know until you're in the thick of it. But having this and then seeing, like, the end process, for you, Mm -hmm. it's helpful. Because then you kind of get to see, like, a view of, like, there's a lot of glad handing that I'm going to have to do. And it's something that you don't realize until you're there in it. So mm-hmm. this. Oh yeah. I, I, I know how intense it's about to get to a certain extent and I've been mentally preparing for it, but I know as crazy as I think it'll be. And as much as I have been preparing for it, it's going to be like times 10 when it's actually happening. Very very intense stuff yeah it's always one of those situations where if when you're in it your personal all your whatever you come with it so it's that experience so that's what makes it so intense so what Mm -hmm. is also intense is some of these battles for these like third roster squads on these uh two-way deals in the summer league and we are going to get to some of these draft picks, and we're going to get to some of the guys that maybe a lot of your, um, you know, as far as your fandom, you're probably talking about because you're going like, I can see this guy helping our team. So that's what we're going to do today. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, Nico has like a list of people that he wants to talk about. We're going to talk a little bit about development, pathway, um, and what they're maybe able to do this year. Yeah, for sure. I wanted to touch on first what you brought us into this conversation with, and that's those those third two-way spots. I... I think that might have something to do with the added intensity of this year's summer league because you're seeing guys out here playing a lot harder than you normally see them play. And I think the fact that there's now those three extra roster spots, now it's like 18 players that basically every team is going to have on their roster. It's given these guys something to go out there and compete for and a spot that's actually attainable. So there are guys out there fighting for their lives in the summer league right now. I understand this is not the most glamorous basketball at all to watch, but if you're a hoops fan and you want to tune into some good hoops, there's good hoops going on in the summer league right now. There's a lot of young kids out there playing, like still some draft picks who are trying to fight for rotation spots. And then below that, there are guys who are fighting to come into the league as those two-way dudes. And like we've seen guys come off two ways and have impacts even going into the finals. Look at that entire team Miami just put together. So coming off, This season, if I'm a team, I'm taking a good hard look at all these dudes who just played in the summer league, and I'm trying to add the right guy to my roster because you never know when you can find the next Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, Caleb Martin, whoever it is. And I'll be the old guy on the lawn, and since now we're in the era of load management, Mm -hmm. it's all that more important that you are deep. You are deep Um, because Mm -hmm. low management also doesn't include injury. So if there's a guy who's down for the night because it's a back-to-back and your second guy is out, somebody's going to have to fulfill those minutes. And we're seeing a lot of good structured play, I would say. I saw a lot of sets Mm -hmm. in the summer league. It wasn't – you saw the up and down. You know, it got ragged because – it was going to get ragged. But I thought mm-hmm. from somebody who has watched Summer League for a long, long time, like I remember when like Summer League was at Loyola Marymount. Okay, that's how far I mm-hmm. go back. Um, yeah. To see real sets and like defensive, like different defenses, like zones yeah. and, you know, boxing ones and stuff like that. I've yeah, seen yeah, some crazy people stuff. People running zone in the summer league is wild. Like, I never thought I'd ever see that. And, like, I, I've seen some people complaining about it on Twitter because, like, the point of summer league is to help these guys develop. Most defenses played one-on-one in the NBA. You want to just, like, see who can go out there and defend one-on-one. But like it's become a proving ground for these coaches too because these guys are coming in and they have like maybe not the whole roster but they've got three or four guys and they've got a bunch of other dudes who are going to play in the G League this upcoming season they got probably the best group of guys they've ever been the head coach of in their careers and they're trying to put themselves on the map as well 
So it, it's kind of a proving ground for everyone at this point. And I just love that it keeps getting better and better. The NBA Summer League reminds me of a, like a better version of the of the baseball winter meetings. Because you got like mm-hmm. Summer League, you got games going on. So you're like evaluating talent. Mm-hmm. Then there's, there's like the free agency or the after free agency buzz. Oh, I can't believe he got this or... Or yeah. do you think that was a good move and, you know, does that help our roster or whatever, right? So you got all that. Yeah. Then you got, like, the stars showing up for the games. You know, you got, like, the front offices. You got a lot of media there. Um, Shouts out to our guy, Wayne Cole, who's out there. He was living it up in Summer League and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So yeah. um, it's it's one of those situations where it's just a lot happening. And a lot going on, mm-hmm. well, a lot of information is just being like, you know, going back and forth. I just think it's they have it the best. The NBA has done it right. Yeah. Maybe we can spread out the draft yeah. and free agency a little, just a tad, just a tad. Yeah, but other than that, yeah, we're good, man. Yeah, the I I keep thinking about that too. Like I was just thinking, like I'd love it if summer league started like a week later. But like the the thing you talked about last time is just keeps ringing true. Like these guys need vacations. the The NBA is more of a season long league than any other sport in the world, and they they basically get August. September kind of off. Yeah, no, they don't even and get then, that. It's like what, like yeah, they get they weeks. get like the the first yeah, bit weeks, of September off. Yeah, and then they're right back at it. Like, I I don't know how you could spread this out anymore. Unfortunately, uh, I guess it all comes back to shortening the season <laughs> once again to just make the season less games and then everything works better. Right. But, uh, yeah, we don't need to get into that. I know. Again. All right. So let's get into it. We got some guys that we want to talk about. Um, can we lead off with maybe the guy that is the earliest, the first round that we really haven't hit on too much is like a Bilal, Bilal Kulubale from Washington? Yeah. Yeah, we can. He's been... Uh, like, I don't want to say he's not raw, because he's absolutely raw. But he is more polished than most raw prospects who you see. Like, he's got a bunch of polished skills. He just doesn't know what to do with it with, with his game yet. But everything he does, like, the handle works well. It's not one of these guys who has... Uh, a wild handle and it's just like an athlete who has the rim pressure he the handle works well getting from the handle to putting the ball in his hand and then getting up to dunk that doesn't work so well right now he he's got like everything except the little parts of the game and he can't quite yet put them all together um finding out what parts he puts together in these this next year or two I think is going to be really exciting because he is a player, like we mentioned before, you kind of don't know what he's going to be. He, I, he reminds me of Giannis in that way, 
when Giannis came into the league and he was just like a ball of clay and fell out of the lottery because no one had like really seen him play at a high level and he was just like a bunch of random skills in a free gap. Bilal's kind of the same way, but he does come with a baseline that I think is more polished than a guy like Giannis. So that makes up for the the lack of freak size he has in comparison. I don't know how good of a player he ends up being, but I could see a lot of outcomes where he's really impactful for the Wizards. The best part is, is that he does stuff and he doesn't know what the purpose is yet. But yeah. the stuff that he does, that he doesn't really understand the meaning that he behind it, mm-hmm. it's all good. Yeah. Like, I can get to the rim. I don't know what to mm-hmm. do when I get there, when I but get there. <laughs> I can get there. And he makes passes that, like, that are really easy. Like, he makes easy mm-hmm. passes. He can, oh, that's an open man. I can hit him. Like, yeah. in positions where he's in traffic. You know, he's in traffic. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing that I'll segue to another person that you want to talk about. His handle is better than Brandon mm-hmm. Miller's. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Brandon Miller's handle was, like, my biggest question. I would say about him, especially going in towards the rim. That's an area where Bilal for sure exceeds. It's just a matter of like, again, I, I say putting it all together. The, I, I have to say weirdly, one of the biggest question marks I have with this guy right now is his gather. Just in general, it's really slow. And if he can figure out a way to get from dribbling to doing something else faster, I think he can become a very good player. He's very sudden with his movement overall. And I think in that instance, he's taking a second to think. And that's why it doesn't happen. But it that, stuff like that can lead to the ball getting stolen, especially when defenders start to pick up on it. I also think... He's like learning his body right now. Like he had a growth mm-hmm. spurt, yeah. and I think there's another mm-hmm. one coming, which is sick, sick. It would okay, be crazy. I think he could literally mm-hmm. get to about like six nine, six ten, somewhere in there. Yeah. So I think you what know. you're gonna see is as the body matures, and as like okay, um, my coordination is catching up with the the body and then also reps. So now the mind, the body, and the athleticism are all coming together. You'll see a more like, yeah. okay, it'll be more explosive. And then, then the suddenness, there won't be any thought to it. It'll just happen. I think right now there's a yeah. there's a trigger that he can't pull because his mind and his body and his athleticism are on three different separate tracks. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He, it's just like that thing uh, we were talking about with Jaden Ivey, where I I was saying he moves like a little too fast for the game. He needs to kind of slow it down for himself, and that's I uh, I would say exactly what it is for Bilal. It's his body moves very very fast, 
is uh, brain just needs to catch up at this point. Yeah, I gotcha. And I think that'll happen with years. I gotcha. Yeah, for sure. I am in a situation when I look at Bilal and I go, it it's just so tantalizing. And I almost just wanted to just be in the G League and just go, you just do it there. Just do it there. Yeah. Get all the but, reps. Get all the reps you can. He's basically on a G League team in the NBA, though, with the Kyle Kuzma thrown on there in the Wizards. So he, it's going to be the same kind of thing. I just want him to get, like, really just pronounced minutes wherever he's going to be. That's the thing of the development pathway with him that I want to talk about is that I think the mo- the more minutes you can possibly give him, where he can, because I think what he, he's a sponge too. Just think about how far he's come from. Like, was he even really a prospect? Like, I mean, early, he, you know, he just can't, can't want to see no, him with no, Wimby. No. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't play on this team uh, earlier. There were people who were talking about him, but he wasn't like, someone who was getting like first round buzz or anything like that there were i think more more people thought he was going to be a 24 prospect um and declare next year but once he like ended up getting on mets the the main team and playing uh with Wemby a lot of the time it put a lot more eyes on him and people kind of saw what he could do what he could Here's the other thing with that is that it's almost like he was with Wimby and Wimby said, like, if you do these two things, man, we can get you paid. We can get you to the NBA. I think he's one of these guys that the better the talent around him, his game goes up. You know what I'm saying? Like, it all kind of elevates with what's around him. So Mm -hmm. I would be very interested to see how it works with Denny Abdiah. Right, I'll be yeah. very interested to see how it works with like Tyus Jones, you mm-hmm. know, even somebody as dynamic as Jordan Poole because he he creates a lot of gravity. Now, some of the shot selection is kind of questionable for me, but who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. I, yeah, it'll be interested to see what he he's able to do with the actual Washington squad. But if there's there's if there's a situation where the minutes are like off, I would rather him just be in the G League, getting as many minutes as possible. Yeah. So, okay, Brandon Miller uh, definitely had a rough start to the summer league and a rough <clears throat> kind of first couple games. It took him a little while, but then uh, the last game he ended up. Really showing up, showing out. He had a good performance. I I hated this comparison of players overall. So I'm not making a comparison as players. But I kind of see it similar to Jabari's struggles in the Summer League last year. Because they're both kind of play finishers more than play creators. And you put them in a situation in the summer league with a bunch of guys who are invested in getting their own. It's not going to go as well. 
I think maybe next year, if Brandon Miller comes back after having a year in the NBA to kind of sharpen the rest of his skills, the same way Jabari did this year, he'll be able to come in and have a bigger impact. But I think the first year is going to be a little rough for Brandon overall. He's going to need to figure out a few things. I think they also Um, are playing him out of position because he was like more of a wing on the summer league team, and I think he should be playing guard just because how how thin he is. I think that's where he's mo- yeah. more effective on the offense and defensive end because he would then be more physical than the guard, and then his wingspan and his athleticism mm-hmm. could show out more on the defensive end as well. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that's the way you make the Brandon Miller – uh, pick really makes sense as if you are able to lean into a unit that's like Lamelo at the one, Brandon at the two, Miles Bridges at the three. Uh, as of right now, PJ Washington at the four, but apparently they're not in a good spot. Uh, and then whoever, be it Mark Williams or Nick Richards at the five, I think that's like the lineup that sounds the best and can actually like create some defense for you just based off the size and length you have available. And the shooting's at a pretty decent level there as well. So like I could see that unit being effective year one. It's a lot of it's gonna hinge on uh Brandon Miller really being able to step into the type of role that's expected of him this year and like put his whole game together, which it might take a little while. Perfect segue, because I want to get into the rest of their guys, but I want to just say this. Mm-hmm. To maximize this pick, all right? Yeah. The damage is done. No piling on. To maximize this pick, you got to look at Brandon Miller, almost like Durant when he came into the league. Shooting mm-hmm. guard. I agree. Um. Keep him away from physicality as much as possible. Allow him to grow into it. Allow him to be able to shoot over uh, smaller dudes, you know, 6'5 guys when he's 6'9", clearly. Yeah. Um, And then allow the athleticism to kind of just show out. You're not looking for him to really grasp a whole bunch of stuff right now because you know that it's not a finished product because there's got to be about 20, 20 pounds that needs to be added for it to really, really maximize yeah. the levels that he wants to get to. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think uh, he needs to kind of get up to that next level before you can really rely on him to play the bigger position. And I, again, this is uh, Jabari, analogous to Jabari in another way where like Jabari seems to be maybe leaning into playing the five, but he'll need to add a lot of weight before that becomes a possibility. It's a lot of these younger guys coming into the league. They need to fill out, grow into that. There's one key difference between Grandin Miller and Jabari Smith Jr. Is uh, there's, yeah. Well, when it comes to him leaning, leaning into the center role, there's a, there's a want. You know, there's a real one. Yeah. I, yeah. I sure. looked at Brandon Miller in, in the summer league and th- there wasn't a real want for that. There wasn't a real want for physicality. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a real want for that. 
as far as that's concerned. Mm-hmm. Now, you said it was better the last game, and maybe he attacked the rim a little bit better, or maybe it was all jump yeah, shots. But what I'm saying is, is that that has to get way better. And the only way that gets better right now is I think you must look at him as a shooting guard. That, to me, only makes sense if you're talking about mm-hmm. uh a clean pathway for development and success for him, for him to feel good about himself, for him to feel like he's a viable member of that team. I think if you put him at the small forward, the wing spot, whatever you want to call it, I think he gets eaten alive just by the physicality. And I don't think you put him in the best spot. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. We're just going to have to wait and see if he ever puts up on on enough Mm -hmm. weight and, uh, becomes like a different player who can handle those kind of things. Can we talk about the guards? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to talk about Nick Smith because he's been really impressive to me. I I really like this guy coming into the draft. I had him high on my board, I think 12th or something like that. Um, uh, maybe, maybe a little lower. I don't know. It was in that range, though. I... Uh, was a pretty big fan of his, and I think this team it might be a good spot for him to kind of work it out. Uh, I know Steve Clifford historically does not play guards or rookie guards at all, even rookie bigs. It's hard to to get even a few spot minutes. So if he has to vacillate between the G League and the uh, NBA coming off the bench. I think that's okay for year one because he needs to polish his game up a little bit. But I think the elements that are there for him are incredibly impressive. And he does so many things that like some of the best point guards in the league today do. Some of the best passers. And it's very it's very interesting i i'm glad that he showed that scoring output in the summer league too because it kind of tells you that there's levels to this guy's game and maybe he can earn himself a six-man role in charlotte within the next 12 months or so and if that's the case i'm all aboard uh nick smith jr Let's get into that for one second, because you brought up something very important, because we want to talk about development. We want to talk about how we can get these players to be the absolute best that they can be. Mm -hmm. Do you think that Steve Clifford is the type of coach that maximizes growth in young players? (laughs) No, I don't. I'm not even sure that's like a question that can be asked. He like actively does the offense. Because then now it leads me to my next question. You already made the mistake. You gotta you gotta get these guys on the court. Like you can't do the whole mm-hmm. I'm Steve Clifford, I play vets, I trust vets. Mm-hmm. First of all, you don't have the pedigree of a Tom Thibodeau. So you can't do that yeah. personally. And we have to see out of Charlotte what they really have. Because, you know, LaMelo just got paid. Bridges is held Mm. off because of all the legal trauma and everything that went on there. Yeah. We need to know 
what people are and how these other young pieces that we got fit. Because to me, honestly, they can look two ways, Nico. They can look yeah. like a complete and like top, top lottery team. Like mm-hmm. we are getting whoever is flavor of the month guy. Yeah. Or they could battle for like the 11th to 9th seed for a plan. Because they do have some guys. I mean, LaMelo can score the yeah. basketball. Now, we haven't seen the defense mm-hmm. or whatever, but there is some special to him. Um, Bridges, when when playing, was a, a good wing. PJ yeah, solid. Yeah, he's a good one. So, I mean, went on the floor. If those kids can give them, like, I don't know, like, total 22, 24 minutes. I'm talking about between them, like, you know, Mm -hmm. I think that's good, right? But we got to get them on the court. Yeah. Yeah, you got to figure out a way to to put some of these guys out there. I think... uh, Another part of the problem, though, might be one of these other guards that's kind of showing out in summer league to this point in uh, your former guy, Mr. James Booknight. Um, he has now, quote unquote, paid his dues in this Steve Clifford system and has uh, kind of like earned his keep to a certain extent and also taken a pretty big step up uh, over this summer league. I think he might be able to like step into a role as a shooter on this team and that's good for him, but like they just drafted a few guards who also deserve playing time. And another one is our guy, Amari Bailey, and he's not getting minutes in the summer league right now. He got nine minutes in their last game in the, in the summer league. Like, what's he supposed to do? I It's just way too much. There needs to be either a consolidation trade or some cuts to this roster to clear some room up for the youth movement because, like, What's the upside of what you're trying to do right now if you don't go and get a couple more kids? I just really don't understand. Well, maybe the thing with Book Knight, if you showcase him, that, okay, he's he's beyond the, the troubles that he had in Charlotte, and now he's serious about basketball, and he's he's a, he's a great second draft guy, you know? If you believed in the shooting like I did in his draft process, um, yeah, you maybe are are interested in somebody who could be a microwave scorer off the bench for you, um, if if all things hit. You know, I don't know. Yeah. To me, that would be the only reason this would make any sense. So then you can kind of clear up some of the bottleneck that you have at the guard position because you're right, mm-hmm. Amari Bailey. There's so much more to the game that he wasn't able to show in summer league. One, because he didn't get the minutes. And two, like you said, you had so many guys in the same exact position who were trying to get theirs. Mm-hmm. 
there was no continuity, no like, oh no, dog, I'm I'm taking this shot. This I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. I know you're open, but I can do a hezzy twing, step back, shooting it. Mm-hmm. Some of it worked, and I some think, of it worked, but it was yeah. wow, it was crazy. Yeah, for sure. They need to get to the point where like Cupcheck needs to take the club out of Steve Clifford's bag and just trade away guys like Terry Rozier, I would say is the first one. Like I think he's a good basketball player. It's just you got way too many guards in this situation and you need to get some of them on the floor or risk just wasting your investment at this point. Absolutely. Um and that's the thing is that with these guys, you're also, you know, you're this is younger and this is controllable, uh, controllable assets, cheap. Terry Rozier, you can probably get like a first or something, you know, maybe protected. Maybe you get a team who is in a situation looking for a vet guard to fill out their rotation. Um, see phoenix because they seem to have a bunch of they like guards they just love them uh gold state seems to love they them do. as well but uh yeah i mean yeah, they got to clear it out there's too many guys there's not enough minutes we're i mean mm-hmm. you, like you said before we got on the pot mark bailey is gonna spend the whole year in the g league the whole year yeah yeah there's no way he can spend minutes on this team right now just because of everyone they have it's really shitty and he deserves better but it's just the state of affairs right now unfortunately i yeah i'm not sure what what i'd do if i were him uh uh-huh. say uh, i wish i was still at ucla but i can't because now <laughs> yeah, i guess so yon vd is taking over my role <laughs> and mm. looking awesome doing it uh, so yeah. Can't wait to get into 2024 draft talk. That's got to come. Like the way too <laughs> yes, early top yeah. 20. <laughs> uh, yeah, we 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 can do something like that in the, uh, like over the summer. Yeah, absolutely. Who is the next guy you want to get to? Because there's some other names that I kind of, I know there's some other names that I want to get to. They're just not coming to mind right now. Oh, okay. Um, there, there's been a few guys uh, that have kind of impressed Oh, Peyton me. Watson. Oh, I'm, yeah, it was, that's the one who just popped into my head, too. Uh, we forgot to talk about Peyton Watson in our first episode as a candidate for one of the guys who was too good for the summer. Bad, and bad UCLA guy. Bad UCLA fan. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh, he was definitely one of the guys who I'd consider in that category. He's one of the best defenders in the entire summer league. He's found a way to apply rim pressure, move around a lot. And it seems like maybe this was part of the reason the Nuggets were so comfortable letting Bruce Brown walk. He is a guy who would play a pretty similar role in the league. And if that jump shot is good right now, that might be a really big player for the Nuggets going forward. They are one of those teams who like to do the thing where you just invest in five stars and hope they hit, and, and maybe they hit again here with Peyton Watson. 
Shout out to our guy from Long Beach Poly, Peyton Watson, also went to mm-hmm. UCLA. So he did two things that were awesome for me. He represented Long Beach, where I live, and also went to UCLA, which is the greatest school on the face of the planet. So both of those things there are true. Here's the thing that I want to talk about, his development. He had a lot of skills that were not shown at UCLA. They made him like a three, like they made, it wasn't a three and D guy. It was more like a D and rim pre- pre- uh, uh, pressure guy. That's what he was. Okay. Yeah. The shot was not broken, but he definitely did not take enough of them at UCLA because mm-hmm. they had guys to do that. Yeah. And also UCLA kind of, they slow play the freshmen. I think, we're going to see something different this year because the international guys, he might give them a little more rope. But the freshmen that are coming in from high school, he definitely had them on a really tight rope. Mm -hmm. All of the flashes that you're seeing in summer league, that was there. That was all there. Yeah. And could you imagine a six, eight more athletic Bruce Brown, Roman helping out Jokic? Yeah that that's incredible that's like exactly what this nuggets team would need right now and i just uh, man if he hits they are cooking with gas and this i i said last year that this didn't feel like a start of another warriors dynasty but it, man if peyton watson is a better version of bruce brown it starts to get scary. <laughs> That's all I'll say. You look at what they put together, though. It's kind of like the same thing. Mm. Christian Brown is a guy who's rangy, does a little bit of yeah. everything. Mm. Not not scared to rebound, not scared to screen, not scared to move his feet on defense. There's a there's a certain type of guy they're looking for, and like Bruce mm. Brown was the stopgap. But what they're envisioning yeah. is bigger. Yeah. Bigger. So I think it's really interesting to see how he is developing and try- and really fitting a role on this team. And I think also what's going to be able to happen is that having his athleticism on the court will almost free up the other shooters because the rim pressure that he will provide. Yeah. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense to me. I think he could be a really nice addition to this team overall and just like you said add another element to the squad overall. Um do you have anyone else who you wanted to touch on in the summer league? I'm kind Kozimski. of coming up. We have another one. Yeah, yeah. He's been he's been solid for sure. Uh, those guys who are fighting for that third two way spot, they got a guy in Reggie Perry who's looked okay. I I've liked him overall. Um, the fan favorite and most improved player in the G League last year, Lester Quone or Quinones, how Quinones, Quinones, yeah. Uh, he hasn't had the greatest summer league to this point on that team. And then uh, Trace Jackson Davis actually played pretty well yesterday against the Rockets. He 
he could defend at a decent level and like kind of create for himself. I was pretty impressed with him overall. He's been a guy I've liked for years now, though. I uh, think the Warriors team maybe is a little better than their record in the summer league. They got a little unlucky and doesn't work together perfectly. But uh, I I don't know. Pods and uh, Reggie Perry looked pretty impressive yesterday. Yes, sir. I think well, Perry gives them that ruggedness and just you know, like Mm he. I'm I'm a defend. That's what I'm gonna do. I'll run the court. Defend. That's you know. You don't have to ask for effort. Just gonna be there. Mm -hmm. And then Pods is a guy who has some of that creativity that they like, which you can also see that he's thinking the game as in real time mm-hmm. and that's the type of player that fits the golden state warriors uh, system to a T is that you can't be mm. like a beat off with the rotations and what you're trying to do and with the movement of the offense. So he looks like he's going to fit in pretty well. I guess the only other guys that we probably need to talk about a little bit is probably Grady Dick. Cause he had a kind of on and off type of uh, oh, yeah. summer league. Um, I'm not real concerned with his summer league. I think he's a guy that is um, – his level will raise when he is playing with the real team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's definitely true. He's more of a role player, and it's hard to be a role player when there isn't, like, a role to play in a functioning offense. Um, one thing I will say though, I've been pretty concerned with the Raptors summer league overall. The Raptors have historically been a team that's really prided themselves on the G league and their summer league squad. And they've been able to pull players out of it repeatedly. I looking at that squad there right now, I don't see really anyone who fits that bill. well, Grady Dick, of course, is impressive, and Marquise Noel, um, he's he's fun, but a five seven point guard, like I'm, I I I can't see it happening. I don't know. Uh, overall, the team looked pretty bad, and it's just disappointing from a franchise that's supposed to. Like, they looked like they were going to be the next Miami Heat for a while there, just pumping out these guys pretty consistently. And it it's just not working at the same level it once did. And it might be a further sign of uh, a washed messiah, unfortunately. I don't know if I would go as far as washed. I think maybe also there's uh, a... But, like, yeah, I'd still like... There's a developmental piece that is missing... Um, and I don't know if it was stemmed from the, the coaching staff or, you know, from Masai himself. Um, mm-hmm. You're right. It is alarming that they didn't see. And here's might be the, the, the reason why they haven't put a little emphasis on the G League as of right now. They got a lot of young guys on that team. So more development yeah. with the all of the development they got to do with the guys they have 
And I think they're in so- some sort of transition. And I know that, you know, oh, well, is Musai going to pull the plug? I'm not going to even talk about it. But yeah. there it there seems to be a, a want to have Scotty Barnes be the point guard. Van Lead is gone. Mm-hmm. That kind of opens the way for him to do that. And let's see what happens along the way. I still think Siakam's probably going to get traded before it's all over. Like, I think it's probably going to have yeah. to be within the next four or five days. There's going to be this massive trade, and everybody's going to be like, huh? I don't, I don't, how did this all happen? Just remember, you heard it here first. We told you. So, um, mm-hmm. let's see. The other last piece that I want to talk about is Cam Whitmore. And the reason why I want to talk about Cam Whitmore is specifically about development and what's in front of him, how it all works. Because I think, I know you are not, there's no panic in it, and I'm not trying to create this urgency, so just give me a minute trying to talk through my thought. Mm -hmm. With Eamon, Tari, Jalen, Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks. Yeah, I I haven't even said Jabari Smith Jr. yet. Where's it coming? Because he looks special. You got an absolute steal, the twentieth pick. Mm-hmm. He had eight steals yesterday. He did the summer league record. I tied it. Yeah. Shots out to our guy, and all the stuff mm-hmm. that where we were hearing the rumblings that he might be four or five. Yeah, we're starting to see the talent, and I'm kind of going. Where's mm-hmm. the development path? I'm I'm really concerned because how do you how do you put out how do you ex- extinguish that light and don't let that shine? I I think I understand the concern. I think the the one positive that you have for his development path is. He, the one one of the few things that was done kind of right throughout the Steven Silas era was the KJ Martin role and the KJ Martin development. All the returning guys know how to play with a guy like that, and that's a pretty easy role to just throw KJ Martin into when he's out there, or KJ Martin to throw Cam Whitmore into when he's out there on the floor. Uh, I do think he's going to spend uh, some of this year in the G League kind of working out the kinks in this game because he is still a kid. I think he just turned 19 a couple of days ago. So he giving him a little bit more time, and uh, especially in the G League where he can get some more runway with the ball in his hands and get to do all that kind of stuff will be uh, important and impactful. I think it sort of indicates that there might need to be a trade with this Rockets team in the next like 18 months or so uh, to kind of clear out this glut of wing depth and we'll move everything else. But like we talked about earlier that uh, Jabari wanting to play the five, if if that happens, that might suddenly alleviate some of this stuff and move a guy like Cam Whitmore 
more into the three role because Tyrese and Dylan Brooks are playing the four more often in that situation. Um, I I think it could be it could be cleared up, but as of right now, the path to playing time does seem clouded. Okay. I'm not gonna say I did not like what you guys did during free agency. I'm not gonna say that. Mm-hmm. I do understand the want to get better because of what is yeah. old, what's out there looming next year. But mm-hmm. if there was a year where you were kind of going like, let's see the kids play. This might have been the year. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we've seen the kids play for three You got years. other kids now, Nico. You got Eamon Thompson. You got yeah, Campbell yeah, Moore. We, we got, still don't we got, know what Tari Eason completely is and that we saw other stuff yeah. in the summer league that we didn't see. Mm-hmm. So I'm really yeah we did. Here's my thing: there's there's two pathways to go. There's I mean they did what they did, but there there are alternate universes where you don't do don't do these signings, and you yeah, allow these kids that, to play. And I understand that that can be so tedious and whatever, but you do have the type of coach that could do it, but he's going to want vets and he's going to want to get better now. So I do understand all of it. Yeah. And they needed to get above the, the level of the cap floor too. Like they ended up, they're currently over the cap, but that's just because they like inflated the numbers of Lawndale, Jeff Green, and even Dylan Brooks's contract to like push them to that level. So they could use, the um, mid-level if they decide they want to. Um, But they, like, hypothetically, if they just took out that those Lawndale and Jeff Green contracts, they would be under the line without paying Dylan Brooks that balloon payment year one. Um, I I do understand what you're saying, but I think the culture in Houston throughout the Steven Silas era was really just let the kids play, let the kids go out there and figure it out. And it got to a point where it was detrimental to the kids because they were just going out there and trying to do their own thing too much. Ime's style is to hold the kids accountable, make them work for it, make them earn their roster spot, make them earn their starting spot. And I think that's going to have a more positive impact on the kids on the football on the team already cam whitmore could end up being a casualty of it but i i just kind of think he's so talented that they're he's gonna force his way onto the roster eventually and if dylan brooks has to be traded because of it or whatever i think they'll make that decision when they get there if he's playing at quite that level yeah we'll have to see i was i was really kind of looking at this kid and just seeing just all of this stuff that was there in the like the under well the under 17s you know yeah um and now it's it's in full display for everybody to see that this guy was definitely mm-hmm. underdrafted 100% yeah um all the fears <laughs> can be set aside now i guess yeah. um 
and and that's what it is. I just wish that now, with all that being said, and we know that it's he's completely healthy. Yeah, his pathway is just blocked right now, and it's just there's too many guys who have had like real experience on the court that also still need more development. Like what you've seen from Jabari Smith Jr. this year, to me was like a revelation like this was his aggressiveness to me was that was so great to see so i'm yeah so i'm kind of like oh i gotta rethink what he can be and if i'm still thinking Mm -hmm. that there's like levels to him and i'm trying to get that because he's gonna be he's gonna get me closer to success quicker because mm-hmm. the leaps yeah. are going to be really translatable now. Yeah. So that's where I look at if he's one Cam those, and go, ugh. Guys who just, yeah. If he's one of those guys who just keeps getting better, it's going to, like, uh, the, the sky's the limit for that player type, his build, his, like, skills that he's trying to develop. Uh, and that, to a certain extent, is true of Cam, too. I've uh, actually, uh, this might be a good thing to end on. I heard uh, Cam Whitmore comp that I really liked the other day. I want to get your thoughts on it. Um, a guy from back when I first started watching basketball, and at the time, uh, one of, if not my favorite, non Rockets in the league, an LA guy, Mr. Corey McGetty. Mm. No, not a good comp. No, you don't no. see it. Uh, I'll tell you it? who he reminds me of. You gotta go back a little bit further. Screewell. Oh, okay. Screewell. Oh man, he's Screewell. That would be. No, he is Screewell. Now I'm letting you know. Yeah. No, I'm I'm in. Okay, I'm in. This is why I'm. Here, okay. Here's my other thing, and it's gonna completely piss you off, and I'm just gonna apologize right now. Okay. This is why I don't run a team. But this is what I would do. Yeah. I'm so high mm-hmm. on Jabari Smith, Eamon Thompson, and Cam Whitmore. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I know where this is going already. Then I'm sitting here going. What kind of dynamic whatever I need can I get with Jalen Green? What can I get? Yeah. I, I know I, you I, hate yeah. it. I knew that's why I said sorry beforehand. I'm just saying that. Yeah, I understand. Can I? I can I think Cam Whitmore is better than Jalen Green. I'm just gonna put that out there on in the universe. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna let you yes. know he's yeah. better. Yeah, I believe it. Okay, I see it. I know you're. I know you. I know you're a Jalen Green stand. And I'm not trying to cause no nah, issues dude, with a whether or not, man. Uh, just like we'll watch him play. I don't. I don't know what to Houston, say. I'm I, not trying to cause any riff mm-hmm. in the Houston Rockets uh, fan base or yeah. organization. I'm just saying that dude gives off like real on the man type of vibe, <laughs> mm-hmm. and. Yeah, you can't have two of those on the roster. <laughs> can't have them because it doesn't work. So yeah, I'm, yeah, no. you know, I 
I, I don't know what to say. I think uh, Jalen is definitely a better player, but I, uh, I'll, mm. I'll let you cook. I guess mm. that's a way to, to close I got the you. Show. No, like I said, I knew it was going to be something that you were not going to like, but I I do I do believe in the kid. And I think it's I think he's better. So we'll just leave it like that. You completely disagree, and I'm happy to be wrong mm-hmm. if it is true. But I think Cam Wentmore is going to score like 27, 30 points a game in this league. <laughs> okay, that well then then maybe you're right if Cam Wentmore is that yeah. good. But so. That'll be some well, Yeah, we can close on that. Okay. That's crazy. Well, not crazy talk. I really believe mm-hmm. it. So with that being said, for the Canadian Bomber, for the Canadian Shaman, for the Canadian Bill Simmons, for the Canadian Zach Lowe, and for the Canadian son of one Loretta Curran. R.I.P. Mom. R.I.P. We're out of here, and uh, we'll talk to you guys on Monday. Peace.